0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 76, where Dave Fry interviews me. I don't know why I signed up for this. This is part one of our two-part discussion.
1: You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to Amy Johnson's podcast, episode number 76. My name is Dave Fry, and it's my absolute pleasure to interview Amy today. My hope for this interview is to bring curiosity for people who are newly interested in this understanding and new to the Little School of Big Change also to share some incredible insights for those alumni who still have questions they'd like answered. Hello, Amy Johnson, and welcome to your podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dave Fry. That was such a great introduction.
1: Well, uh, so much better
0: than the ones I usually do.
1: No, no, no. You're very excited. <laughs> I love how excited you are to talk to people.
0: So maybe we should, um, this is so weird, I'm on the other side of this, maybe we should say a bit about what's going on here? So you're interviewing me, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the people have spoken. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's funny. Cause you asked me if you could interview me. And like I told you, this is and this is a while back. Um, and, you know, I was kind of uncomfortable with it, just because I don't know. I don't know if people care. I, I feel like I, every conversation here is kind of an interview with me, not of people asking me questions, but of me just saying how I see things. But um, so I I, I feel like people get that a lot. But then after we had set this up and kind of talked about doing this, like I mentioned to you within a week, like three different people emailed and said, hey, you should be a guest on your podcast. Right, <laughs> Isn't that right. funny? So it's so cool it, how that works out. So it made me feel better about this.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes, absolutely. It makes perfect sense to me because I'm on this side.
0: Yeah. And so who are you? Oh, <laughs> Like how can, we, how can we, in a sentence or two, tell people who you are and how you came to be having this conversation right now?
1: Okay, well, I am... Um, <laughs> I know that one was not in the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. I didn't get a chance to write that one down. <laughs> I'm Dave Fry. I'm, uh, I am the understanding. So um, I wasn't in the past. Um, in the past, I had some ups and a lot of downs. Um, but now I see the, uh, the smoothness of that beautiful flow in life. And so um, I'm ready and excited to ask you questions.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Get to your, get your questions.
1: Okay. So um, I did come up with a few questions. I think 60 was the total. And then <laughs> uh, we, we narrowed it down to some of the ones that uh, we think that would be beneficial to people. He's not
0: kidding. So, literally. <laughs> literally, there were 60 plus questions and we whittled it down to what, maybe 12?
1: Uh, between 12 and 20 and then okay. we have some extra bonus questions at the end. Okay. <laughs> so uh you know w- the the very first question here is uh some facts so, or some opinions perhaps, but most of the other questions are are more uh heartfelt, but this first one is just an interesting uh analytical question. Are you ready? I'm ready. There's plenty of people trying to help others in our world today, but not enough with this wonderful understanding. The self-help business is around 10 billion a year just in the United States. The problem is that 50% of all traditional motivational books are never read past the first chapter, and 90% of motivational books are never finished. This means that people really want to improve but don't know where to start or how to finish reaching their goals. People today want positive change with a plan that is fast, easy, and works for them. Now, that is a direct quote from Kyle Francis, Director of Marketing and Data Analytics. Obviously, traditional self-help is not as sustainable as one might imagine. What I love about what you share is that it's self-aware not self help because we don't need help. Can you talk about the nature of this understanding for those new to your work? What are the main differences between traditional therapy and what you share with this understanding?
0: Well, that's a big question to get us started. Um, Yeah, I mean, well, I think what you said, like it's self aware or it's It's understanding, seeing, really, who we are and how we work. There's no manipulation. There's no help. Like you said, there's no fixing. There's no um, getting somewhere, trying to get somewhere. Although, for sure, people stumble into this because they want some kind of change in their lives, right? So that brings us in but once we start to look in this direction it's exactly what you just said is what we see is is it's not about changing or fixing or bettering so much as it's just simply about understanding who we are and how we work and and that's where that's where it works best when we allow ourselves to be in a place where we can just be curious about who we are and how we work that's when people see so much you know so um so that's a gigantic difference. I think literally every other thing out there is about fixing something. And, you know, the thing about self, like people don't finish, I don't know, this might be true of all books, I don't know, but you know, 90% of people don't finish the self-help books they read. And again, maybe other books as well. I just started reading a really interesting book and um over the weekend and it, you know, the first two chapters were like, whoa, this is cool. The guy really kind of gets it and then by chapter 3 it was just all these exercises and imagine this and fix this and do that and i and i quit and i think that's just how what we're looking you know it isn't that we are lazy or that we need immediate like we're that impatient that we need immediate something i think it's more that we've just i don't know this is my just my opinion but i think we just have tried a lot of stuff like everybody has their own opinion to share and we've just seen that most of that, like, is their opinion, and it's great for them. And there's stuff, there's value in it, but it it just doesn't it doesn't wake us up the way that truth really wakes us up. And that's what I see about this understanding is that there's something in it, and I would say it's because it's true that just resonates on a really deep level. So to answer your question, like, the difference, the main kind of, I think that was the bulk of the question, like the difference between this and traditional approaches, yeah, is that it's seeing that we are well already, we are part of nature, there's nothing wrong, there are no problems, and we experience tons of problems and tons of wrongness. And that just comes from our moment to moment thinking. And when we kind of come to, to see how that works in a bigger way, we relax into our experience and and things work themselves out.
1: I agree. And um, having read the book Being Human, as we all know, more than once, I just found it to be very uh, easy, an easy read. It really resonated with what I was trying to find in my life. And the fact that you um, used your children as examples. Really, also touch my heart because there's so many times where life really is childlike. So
0: it's it's great, you know. I mean, I was just so lucky to have little kids at the time when I was coming across this, and just just able to see it in them so clearly. And you know, and I just I still like I always will use kids as examples. They're just the perfect example of how we. How we come, how we come before all the conditioning and all the thinking and all of that starts
1: and it's fascinating too um, you know there there's something that happens between the time of being a child and being so playful and dancing through life, and then somehow we get to a point where and you and I both know this. For so many people, innocently claiming that they have been, and we can add in that parentheses any specific characteristic—anxious uh, or depressed or whatever it may be—for their entire lives, and yet we know that they are, you know, what they believe they are in that one given thought, especially if they believe that one. Giving thought is true, true to the bone. Uh, but the this understanding offers up an intriguing conundrum: Are we who we think we are, or are we infinite possibilities, or both?
0: <laughs> yeah, we're both. I, it's funny. Just this, just earlier today, I recorded a podcast, that episode that will probably be out after this one, um, called "And How." We're all of it. It's all true. Like, And I mean that on so many levels, right? It's all true. So we're absolutely infinite perfection. We are, we are the entire creative potential of the universe, every single one of us. That is who we are, and that will never not be true. And in any given moment, we are living out and experiencing what we think is true of us what we think is true of us in that moment is our experience and both are true. You're right. We get, in, in terms of our human experience, we get completely in what's playing out within us. Like that's all we can see, but that's never the whole truth ever, ever, you know? So it's, that's like both and many other things all at once it's all happening at different levels.
1: You know, for me, in the very beginning, when I was reading "Being Human," and I, and I did listen to one uh, interview uh, about you, and so, uh, but in the very beginning of this for me, you had said that we are peace, love, and wisdom, innately, and that that was tough for me because I didn't know exactly what that meant, and it actually took. Years for me to witness that from within, as if it uh was waiting for just the right time to appear uh, and my question is, you know why do you think that is, and why don't we get this understanding on the first
0: try? <laughs> that's a great question i don't know I don't know I mean that's the question, you know um so on one level, I mean, one answer, there's probably a million answers to this, you know? I mean, one answer is what we were just talking about, that that we we live in this thought-created experience and we are in it. Like, we don't live in it. Like a character in a movie that's like, oh, I'm a character in a movie. I'm gonna go pour some coffee. Like they don't know they're a character in a movie. That's their life. That's their whole life, is them in that moment and their coffee, you know, and that's us. Somebody's looking at us. <laughs> I'm yeah. sort of, sort of saying that like in a joking way, but I don't know, maybe not. Like somebody's watching us being like, look at these people filming a pot, you know, recording a podcast, having a conversation about whatever they're talking about. And they think that's life. They think that's all there is. There's so many, so many levels to this illusion that we're in. So I think in many ways, that's, that's kind of the part of the answer to that question is we are so in our experience. And until, we, until we've been so lucky to have a little glimpse behind the curtain to just see that we're having an experience, but we are not this experience, we're just gonna be in it. But I think you know, on another, on another level, we do get glimpses all the time, our entire lives. So even for you, when you were super depressed for years and years and years, you had little tiny glimpses that maybe your, your psychology could come in and shoo away and say, no, no, that's not real. That's not true. I don't know what this random moment of peace is or I don't know what this smile's about or whatever, or, or you just didn't even recognize that it was happening. But, but it was you know and then when the when the the cracks in the in the armor start to break a little bit when we get those cracks in the in the iceberg and things start to shift a little bit then it's like we get we get to see and feel more and more into what's there by nature, what's there behind it the whole time. So I don't know. It's a great question. And it's definitely one that everyone wants to know. Like, why does it take some people so long? And why do some lucky bastards just get it right away? Like, what's up with them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that doesn't seem fair. And, and I don't know, life isn't fair. But but I know sometimes it's like there is that little peek behind the curtain for someone and that's all it takes. And for others, it's... It's a little more and for all of us I think it's it's a continual deepening. You know, I haven't met anyone that's had a massive insight and it's just stayed like that forever. I'm not saying they don't exist, but I I don't know many of them. It tends to be that we have these massive insights, we see something huge, then our everyday thinking comes back at some point, but then but what we've seen isn't lost, you know, and then we just keep revisiting it in different ways and it and it sinks in deeper.
1: Yes, I agree with that absolutely, because I had uh, a large, you know, uh, uh, under or uh, insight. I had a big insight, yeah, and it was powerful and amazing. But that it wasn't a constant; it wasn't the next day the same thing. It it was just a big glimpse. That's all it was. And now I love the little glimpses. I love them. They're all over the place. They're everywhere.
0: It is cool, isn't it? It's like, and you're such a good example of that. Like you, something cracks and, and shifts the way, that, the way that life looks. And then it's like that crack just keeps on spreading. And then you just see little thing, we can call them little or big, but we're making that up. But it's like, but you know, the, your little things are big sometimes and mine too. It's like, and sometimes it's stuff we knew already. We just have that same thing over and over again where you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's not real oh, wait, that's not real. A month later, oh, I had an insight today. That's not real. Like we just keep having the same ones over and over sometimes.
1: So I'm going to go off of your, uh, the movie. You were just talking about a movie, right? So there's somebody watching us. So there's, uh, I wrote, there's a great movie plot twist in all of this. At first, I was learning about the understanding. Then I saw the understanding and became aware of it. Next, I became grounded in understanding with the ability to coach and share through conversations. Now, today, there's no space between the understanding, and that's what you talked about just a minute ago. Understanding uh, and I are one, as we all are. And I'm my question to you is, do you find that students naturally discover this truth of oneness.
0: Yes. I mean, there's many ways to kind of talk about oneness, right? So like, in and how you're saying it, you know, like sort of we are, we are the principles, we are this understanding, we are whatever name you want to give it, um, to see that we are one with that. Yeah, I think that's a really typical kind of um kind of way it goes. And I don't want to say it all obviously it doesn't always go that way, but but what I sometimes see is, you know, we we get a little glimpse where we just get a little suspicious of life as it looks right now. You know, like we're living in some degree of misery about something. We're just stressed out or we think we're a victim or whatever it is, we feel stuck in some way. And and what tends to open up first for people sometimes is oh maybe things aren't as bad as they seem like maybe maybe this is my mind creating it or however that looks for them so that's maybe a first little crack where there's a little suspicion about our a hard aspect of our lives or our experience and then it just kind of gets deeper and deeper from there where it's like oh wow all of my experience works this way none of it is necessarily the truth or or belongs to me. It's not my experience, even though that's the way our language phrases it. It's just experience moving through me. It's like thought and feeling and words and actions and, and inclinations toward action and avoiding and approaching and all of that kind of plays out within us. And we, we have a bit of distance from that. And we're like, whoa, this is interesting. This is all happening within me and through me, but I'm not that. And that's fun, that's really cool, you know and then and then, like you said, then we kind of tend to get curious about, well, who am I then? If I'm not all this stuff and all these preferences and all these things I do and what I did yesterday, like, who the heck am I? And then that's a whole other place we go sometimes, you know, and just exploring that. and then I, don't, I mean again, this is just an illustration.'s not like it always goes this way, but um you know, and then yeah, like we get our grounding in that. You kind of kind of feel like you like you've seen something that you can share and then and then what tends to happen, which maybe you've experienced, I definitely have a lot, is you start to share it and then you say, Well, I don't know anything. Who the heck am I to be talking about this? Right. So by by talking about it and sharing it, it kind of starts to highlight for you how little you know. And that's really fun too, because it's like we, we get a little cocky, I think, at some point. Or we're like, oh yeah, I get how this works. I know something. And then right away we get humbled. <laughs> and in the best possible way, because like we don't want to have all the answers. We get to kind of start coming back around full circle and saying, wow, there's so much I don't know. I've only seen a teeny, tiny little glimpse of how things work. And that's really exciting. But But, you know, like you said in your question, like you you're kind of just one with it. There's this weird way in which it it just starts to, I don't know, I've never been able to describe this well, but it's like you just live it. Like life, and I just used this on an Ask Amy today, but the best metaphor I can think of is the language one. Like if you're learning a new language, like you stumble around in this new language and you get a bunch of words wrong and you kind of can make your way to the bathroom and order a meal in a restaurant in a foreign country and then at some point when you just keep speaking that language and keep immersing in it, you just start dreaming in that language and then you're fluent. And and then, and then when you're fluent, there's no more effort needed. You just open your mouth and that language comes out of your mouth. And that's how I think we are. Now, again, or how people get at a certain point, like you just see it this way and you can't unsee it. Now, that doesn't mean you're always happily fluent singing in your chosen language. Like we can be fluent in this understanding and truly see the world through these eyes and have horrible days and have horrible moments and feel everything possible because that's not what it means. It doesn't mean we're ever immune from being human at all. And it doesn't mean, oh, this is another thing people think, oh, well, I'll be human, but I won't mind. Like I'll feel a little fear or anxious, but I'll be like, oh, that's just my fear. Isn't that cute? No, I don't think it's like that at all. I think you still feel your fear and you don't like it. You know, that's human. That makes sense to me. But, but there is, you know, words will never capture it, but there is a difference. There's something different. Like you just... Something in us, in you, once you've seen this enough, knows it's experience and knows it's not you, and so you'll still feel it, and all that good stuff will happen. I, I can't describe it, but it's just different. It's just different than before. You knew it wasn't. It was just experience moving through you.
1: I love this conversation we're having because I can see how the things that you say, um not only can I relate to them, but I've experienced them. But the fact that I actually understand your language prior to this understanding, this would be way off the charts for me.
0: Yeah. But
1: the fact that I can understand what you're saying right now in, in really great detail and then having this understanding. And I believe that part of the oneness is being one with that humble part of it, that, that dumb part of it, yeah. that I don't know part of it, and that's very, very beautiful to be one with I don't know, and yet there's a a beautiful calmness and a peace uh, from this understanding that is uh, it's very powerful at times. Of course, like we said, we're being we're 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 being human on a regular basis. Um and, and we talked about glimpses and how beautiful those glimpses are. And uh really quick, I'll I'll share a glimpse because I actually recently had a glimpse, but I saw the glimpse for what it really was. I was asked to go to a party, but um I wouldn't know anyone at the party. And immediately, without thought, I said, yes, that's great. I'm excited, thank you. Well, then three days later before the party, you know, uh, a truck pulled up to my uh, room with a truckload of excuses for not, you know, for not to go to this party. And, and I just, I saw all of the, all of those thoughts come in. And um, it was amazing to know how excited I was at the question of going to this party but then seeing all those excuses come up and s- someone was laughing at those thoughts now mm-hmm. this question gets it gets deep because who's now laughing at the thoughts yeah they're they're blips of energy that are that naturally arise uh because we're human but then uh And that's where the word I becomes a tad bit confusing for me because, uh, I'm laughing at my own thinking, but I know what those think, what the thinking is. It's just this, that natural flow of all the different, you know, excuses for not to go to the party. So, so it was (laughs) really powerful and just amazing. And it doesn't happen all the time, but wow. What a great thing to, to witness.
0: I mean, that's, you know, that's really cool. Like, and I think we have those experiences all the time, but throughout life, you've probably had, maybe not big ones like that, but moments, right? Where you can just, we just hear this in everyday language. Like I hear it in movies and stuff where people think like, oh, I can't believe I just said that, or I can't believe I'm thinking that, right? So there's this separation there. But what I think is so beautiful about having some framework for it in a sense is, we have a framework for it. <laughs> like we, we, we get to really kind of lean into it even more because now it really makes sense. Now we know, oh, there's a, there's a something bigger than all this thinking in there that's laughing at the experience. And it just brings it to life that much more when I think it, when it makes sense to us
1: let me ask you who inspires you because i know that you inspire thousands of people and you continue to inspire me on a regular daily hourly basis but who inspires you
0: oh my gosh <laughs> um i don't know you know the 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 time when i get so um so inspired like there's no words for it really is when i see people like like students in the little school of big change for example um being really vulnerable and really open and and wh- how that tends to go is like you know to me I, and we can all look at that and be like oh wow they're just really being honest and open and sharing how they see things and it's helping so many people and it's helping them But I think what's really cool about it is it can look vulnerable and open and all these big words from the outside, but what's really starting to happen is when people kind of see that their experience isn't so personal and isn't so, you know, it's just not, there's just no shame in any of it. A lot of that stuff starts to kind of just naturally open them up. So it's such a cool thing to see, but um so, so their vulnerability isn't like this scary, courageous thing so much. I mean, it can definitely feel like that. I'm sure in the beginning, but it just becomes kind of like, hey, I'm human, and here's what moved through me. It's not mine. <laughs> kind of like we we're saying, you know, like I don't own it. This, is what, this is what I thought, and this is how I felt, and this is what I did, and and so it's just so amazing to watch that happen in people, but sometimes, often early on, before they really get to that point, there is a lot of courage and there is a lot of vulnerability and people do feel afraid and they feel ashamed and they say it anyway. They share it anyway. And that's probably the most inspiring thing I can ever see. Because like I remember, this is so cheesy, but I remember when, um ever a lot of people remember this, when Oprah, um, Lost all that weight, and she brought it on the stage in a wagon. But then she gained it all back. Now I don't know. I wasn't really personally cheering. I mean, great, you lost some weight, awesome. What I was cheering her on for is when she had the show a few years later, whenever it was, I don't know, but a year or more later, when she gained all the way back, and she had a show where she sat up there and said, "Yeah, here's what I did. I was so excited. I thought that I had it all nailed away. I was never going to gain that weight back. And look at me, I did." I sat in my living room. I remember this so clearly, and just bawled my eyes out because of like, oh my god! Like, look at this woman going in front of millions of people, just telling her truth. And 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 I didn't for a second think, oh, you should be so ashamed, you know? Like, I don't think I don't think people did. I think we looked at that and said, wow, that's somebody who's just telling the truth. And that and and she felt shame. She says she did, but it's so inspiring to see people just. Just be them. (laughs) You know, that that sounds like such a crappy answer, but really, like when people are just them, oh my God, like it's the easiest thing in the world. And in some ways, it's the hardest thing in the world.
1: I love that. Absolutely. I love the fact that uh, Oprah was being herself. And uh, I love the fact that I've met so many great people through the little school of big change, uh, through the group calls. Um it's really fascinating because where we grow up in a culture where, hey, it takes a while to get to know someone. Not now, not with this understanding. This understanding opens yeah. that door completely. It's like, no, absolutely. Do you love what Oprah did? Not only do you love what she did, you love her. You yeah. love the love that she is. You love the inspiration that she is, so yes absolutely this is this is very uh very powerful that that love is so open and uh, and you can see it in so many people, and especially the group calls you know there's been... people
0: connect so quickly, and it's because, absolutely it's because we're not connecting on these superficial levels. You know, it's exactly what you said. Like, you just feel, you see the love, you see the essence of somebody. And even when they're talking about the superficial stuff, they know it's not the truth by the time they're sharing on a call and we're exploring this together, right? So, like, it's again, it's a giant and. It's like, oh, you know, my husband's driving me crazy and I'm worried about this and I'm stressed about that. And I know none of that is, is real. I know none of that matters, you know? I mean, it's the most beautiful thing in the world we get to just talk the human talk, but see the truth in each other. And I think you're so right. I think that's why it people connect and, and form these bonds so quickly because it's like looking in the mirror and, you know, all over the place. It is so inspirational though. I mean, really, I can't say that enough. It's like, e- even, you know, when when people first come into this when they come in the 6 week course and they're brand new to this and i say this every course i i i just can't get over it like they're they're struggling like they're really they don't know anything about this yet right they just want their anxiety to go away or their habit to go away or they just want to feel better they're really struggling and they show up open and they say hey before it looks like it's not personal when it still looks shameful and personal they share because because their desire they they know that their essence is is healthy. They know that there's a home base in there. Otherwise, why the heck would people do that? They wouldn't. So they know that there that there's hope for them. They know that their truth is that they're okay, and they're sharing because they just want to get closer to that for themselves and for the people around them. And it's it's amazing. And when I tell them, when I say things like. You are healthy. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. And they just, you know, drank three bottles of wine the night before. They have every reason in the world to hate my guts and slam the computer shut. And they don't. They might. (laughs) Some of them do. But they usually come back. (laughs) They listen again. Do you know what I mean? And like that just blows me away. It's like that is, if, if that's not a sign of our, if that's not proof of our resilience and our, our, Movement toward thriving. I don't know what is, and so like even when people get upset and they get defensive and they want to argue for their limitations and their suffering, there's another part of them that comes right back every time and says, "What'd you say again?" (laughs) And that's it's just so inspirational.
1: And from my decades of experience with traditional therapy, uh, not that I can remember all the details, but I think it's fair to say that walking into those uh, offices, the first thing that they have said was not, hey, you are well, you know, you are perfectly well. That wasn't something that I ever heard because it was a a system set up to help people who were broken. Yeah, And, And so when you said that in the very beginning, and how you say it all the time, it still uh brings up just you know just incredible feelings for me because uh, it's so touching it's so real it's probably the realest thing that's ever been said because we are seeking something we're seeking something we want we have such great hope that there's something more out there, and we've done everything we can're we're seeking and we're, we're striving for something. Where we, we know it's out there. Where is it? We'll do everything and anything. And then someone comes along and says, hey, you're perfectly well. You're innately perfect. It's like.
0: The fact that we can even hear that a little bit shows us so much. You know, because again, at that point, you have all the evidence in the world for why that's not true. And, you know, and yeah, sometimes our mind will argue and and give the evidence and say that's not true. But more often than not, it does touch something in us. And that's because it is true.
1: You know, I wonder, too, um, like how we are taught English in school Uh, is our was is our misunderstanding innocently taught at an early age uh you know examples of sentences not that kids would hear these uh sentences but we hear them in songs we hear them in poems we hear them everywhere this the 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 language is you fill me up with doubt or you make me crazy when you do something or he makes me you know we're we're, we're growing up in uh in a society where the, this understanding is not even part of the language. And it's funny because I can speak that language now. I'm so excited. You know, I can speak this language and it, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, but it's, but I hear it's from so many people all the time that they're, that it's the opposite. It's the outside in version of that, which is, perfectly comfortable for them it makes perfect sense to them and it did for me too for so many years
0: yeah well i mean it's how it looks it's really how it looks and even even once you kind of know it goes the other way it still looks that way sometimes still looks outside in so yeah i think it's i think it's very easy to fall into because it's just you know our our senses prove it that way even though it's Our senses are proving it wrong. (laughs) Our eyes look out and see a person and then feel a feeling and it just looks like the logical way that things go.
1: And so on that note, who we are is beyond the intellect. So it's impossible for anyone to manipulate us. Our innate well-being is impervious to any kind of attack. We are always free. Is anything that I just said true?
0: (laughs) I think it's all true. How can it not be? I mean, yeah, we're always free. We don't always feel it, but we're always free and we can't be damaged. Who we are, who we are is always free and can't be damaged. Our psychology, I mean, I think our psychology can't really be damaged either, but that's what gets the hit you know so our psychology says oh no they don't like me and then it goes to work making up a bunch of stuff to make up for that so that we our identity can feel okay oh no they don't like amy so amy better do all these things to be liked again and to be okay that's a whole psychological thing so psychology can take a big hit but even psychology is is made of the same stuff everything else is so yeah i mean ultimately ultimately nothing that's real, it can be threatened. Nothing that's real can be threatened. And if we flip that around, if it feels like it can be threatened, it's not real. So so when people are walking around saying, oh no, that's my relationship, it's so fragile. And if we have to spend time apart, we're not going to survive. Like, If it looks like it can be threatened that easily, well, it's not real. And I don't mean the relationship isn't real. I mean that What that person is telling them, like that person's experience of their relationship is a bunch of thinking in their own head. That's not real, especially if it feels like it can be so threatened. My security, you know, my security can be threatened. All my money might go away. My job might go away. Well, if it looks that fragile, it's not real to begin with. It's an idea about security that feels like it can be threatened. It's not real security.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. um, what's really neat about um, the things that I've experienced by going to your retreats are those pauses. Yeah. So even when we're in, you know, I tell the story many times where in the beginning I was so, so confused with all of this that I, I couldn't stop asking questions. It was just the pause would kill me. It would be like, why are you people pausing don't you know we have to ask questions we have to figure this out so uh, so now pauses in life are like giant glimpses they're um it's almost like being busy as we all are in life and then a pause will naturally come up it will arise And it's almost like a moment of meditation that I didn't even have to think about. It's almost like the meditation is happening. It's it's happening to me without me having to sit down in a certain pose. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with meditation, but it seems that it naturally occurs on its own. Yeah.
0: Yeah, isn't that cool? It's it's been there all all along, you know, but we've just been thinking over it. It's like everything good that we talk about, our peace and our health and love and connection and oneness, they've been there all along, but we've just been so used to thinking over them and ask, trying to ask the right questions so that we can get to them. Like who knew <laughs> when we just shut the heck up? <laughs> it's right there. And our, and I love how our capacity for, um, for being in that and for loving it deepens so much. Do you know what I mean? Like like in the beginning, I mean, people, you were, I don't know why you were asking so many questions because you maybe just thought that's what you needed to do to get more, right? But, but often people are uncomfortable with silence. I remember being more uncomfortable with silence than I am now. It would be like, Whoa, what's this about? Like why why isn't the teacher talking? You know, and <laughs> and and it, like your capacity for it and not just your capacity for it, but like your longing for it. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. So it's just beautiful to sit in that silence. And that's where all the good stuff is anyway. It's not in anybody's words. Do you want big change in 2020? Now through December 31st, 2019, so just until the end of this year, pre-enrollment in the March class of the Little School of Big Change is 33% off. Now, I never really run discounts on the school, but I wanted to offer you this opportunity this year to go through the March class at a pretty significant discount follow the link in the show notes, or you can go to thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to see more and to pre-enroll in the next course at this special price. I would love to have you in class on March 2nd.